Nick. How are you? I'm very good, Martin. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Good, good. It's been a while was... since last time again. <laughs> it was, yeah. My first question is, how was your summer? So that shows how long uh, how long it was since we last recorded. Exactly. How was your summer and yeah. the holidays? Yeah, summer was good. The holidays were good too. Um, yeah, the holiday was great actually because it's one of those things where I was obviously a bit burnt out before the holiday because I only realized that actually during the holiday. <laughs> you know, kind of you when you're living with it, you don't really notice it so much. But when I was on holiday and sort of relaxing, I was thinking, oh yeah, this is how you're supposed to feel, isn't it? <laughs> you know? so that was really good yeah that was good how about you did you have a good summer it was good yeah sophie works for three weeks of it doing her not after school clubs because obviously it's not after school but does the the holiday school clubs i guess all the science and coding and that kind of stuff for three weeks of it so we had three weeks break as a family i guess not away but in the house went to london for a a long weekend sophie's sister lives uh, in south london so went to visit them which for the kids is as good as a holiday because having grown up in bude just going up and down an escalator is good fun for them. So they had a great time. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's brilliant. It's great. Big, big shops and escalators and stuff <clears throat> um, entertain them so much. So it's a good cheap holiday to go up and down That's escalator great, yeah. all day. <laughs> brilliant. That sounds good. <laughs> it's funny though, because we've, we've got a toy shop in Bude. It's not particularly big. Um, so we go into a bigger toy shop. I think it's Smith's Toys or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the entertainer is probably the entertainer, is it? Yeah, the entertainer in, in the shopping centre we went to. And even I was expecting to like there'd be all these amazing toys and great stuff, and it's all just tat, absolute yeah. rubbish. So yeah. disappointed yeah. by that. It's all just, just. Did you go to Hamleys? No, nah, so we didn't go into Santa London, which went to Bromley. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, that's probably a good point. Go to Hamleys next time. Yeah, it was good. Had a great time. Although, yeah, I missed the first letter, but we've got some kind of driving down the wrong road fine come through because I didn't see the first letter has gone up massively, but oh no that's always annoying but challenged it because uh basically there was a half marathon going on and the roads were closed so we wrote we drove drove through a sign saying the road ahead is closed uh but then there's a big barrier saying which road was closed and we turned left to go and park down there but they've got a uh, a camera thingy-majig that's photographed us going down that road and i assume it thinks we've turned down the road that was closed but we haven't we've turned the other way and so we've challenged it i want to see what comes right yeah. It's just annoying. You have like this form to fill in. There's no number to call to speak to anyone. And... Yeah, it's very black and white, isn't it? You know, you can appeal, but hope for the best, basically. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So what's been happening? I mean, other than holidays, how's work been going? I've seen you your face out and about quite a lot. You're on a podcast recently by the looks of it. Yeah, I recorded a podcast yesterday for the Rank Up podcast, which is an SEO podcast, which is good. So that will come out in the next few weeks. Um, but just been plugging away, really, doing the same kind of things. I did a whole bunch of customer interviews um, across the end of August. Yeah, it was mostly the end of August. And that was really, really good and really useful. So I, I, re- I did a bunch of customer interviews at the end of the year, I think, end of 2020. And so it was like six to seven months. I thought, let's do another another bunch of interviews with new customers. I kind of got to the end of building what I wanted to build out of those those calls. And so I thought it was a good time to come up with another list of feature ideas, talk to customers about them, see what they thought of the product, what they think it could be improved. And so I think I had about between 18 and 20 calls, which was useful. It takes up a bit of time, obviously, with half an hour to an hour each one. But what actually took up the longest amount of time was going through them all again and taking notes. And I know I could use a transcription service to do that, but I kind of I miss, feel that if you're just reading words on a page that someone else has written down, you kind of miss a lot of the context. And so I wanted to go through them yeah. all myself to to get the most value from doing them because um, it's an investment in, in their time, the customer's time as well as mine. 
and it's been massively useful. I'm glad I've done it. Glad I took the time to listen to the calls myself. Kind of got a roadmap of ideas and features to build now and add. Some I hadn't even thought of. Um, and that's that comes down to the stuff that we released just the last couple of weeks of the compare time period reports. Um, so yeah, massively useful. Glad I did it. We'll do it again that's in another six months' time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. Fantastic. Yeah. Last time we were speaking as well, we were talking about uh had an offer of investment yes. for SEO testing. So I said no to that. Oh, okay. So the, the the percentage of the business they wanted was a lot higher than what I wanted to give away. Right. Um, and I said that from the very start. I said, if we were going to do anything, it would be on the same kind of model as Tiny Seed, um, which is 10 to 12% for, yeah. um, I think it's $100,000, and then extra money if you've got co-founders. So I said, always said to them from the very start, this is the model that I would consider. But the offer they came in was for 25%. And so right. like, it's quite a big yeah. chunk, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah. And so it's continued, the business continued to grow as well. So I don't potentially, oh, potentially need the, the investment quite so much. So we spoke last right. time, I was trying out the managed accounts idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got one customer on a managed account. It was over summer, so it was a quieter period and d- didn't expect loads of people to jump on it. Um, so I worked with one customer um, on their site, gave them some pointers and help and kind of consultation. And I much enjoyed, I enjoyed the managed account side much more because it was very much... Uh, telling them what to do rather than uh, doing the work, which is what I did when I was doing some more freelance SEO type stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much more, you know, this is what you should do, this is why you should do it, and then checking back on them in a couple of weeks' time to make sure it was done and so on. Um, but that naturally came to an end after a couple of months. kind of got the things done they wanted to get done. Um, had a long list of things to work on. And so we kind of said, you know, we'll, we'll draw this to a close and then perhaps pick it up uh, in a few months' time once you've worked through your to-do list. And because I've just been so busy... With the man, with the customer calls and interviews and the work that spiraled out from that, I kind of I haven't pushed any to get any more managed accounts on. And because the business has the the monthly recurring revenue from the SaaS product anyway has been growing nicely, I've kind of haven't seen the need to push that too much. So yeah, I've kind of oh, part cool. the managed accounts idea right now. Um, but yeah, we might come back to it at some later date. Yeah, well, it's there in your pocket, isn't it? If you ever want to launch it again, you can exactly yeah yeah that. very much so. yeah that's good. So. Part of the investment conversation was around taking on a developer and all that sort of stuff. That's so right. Have, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, have you started to, uh, have you done that anyway? Or are you thinking about doing that anyway? Yeah, so on the last last podcast we did, I said I was speaking to Phil. Um, I think it might have been straight off the podcast, actually. And so Phil uh, Phil joined yeah, part-time initially. Um, so for the past two months, so September and October. So he, Phil's got his own product um, that he's been build, building called Postmaker. Um and it, it he sold it on AppSumo as like a one-time deal. And it's done really well from that point of view. So he's generated some revenue from that. But he hasn't been able to translate that into monthly recurring revenue. Um, right. So he's kind of looking for another project to get involved in that could potentially bring in a bit of uh, extra revenue or money for him. And so initially we sat down and said, you know, um, I'm happy for you to come. Well, I'm interested for you to come on as a developer. You can, I can see how you can we can help move the product forward a lot quicker. Um, but now you've got your own stuff going on, so why don't we try it part time? Do two weeks on SEO testing, and then you can have two weeks on your own on your own product, and so on. Um, and so we, that that's the way we started. Um, but then it was getting a bit frustrating from my point of view in terms of we make some progress because we were working on a new new thing that neither of us had worked on before. It needed some kind of research and so on. Um, so it's around building an API and then getting that data into Google Data Studio. And so we make a bit of progress. 
And then obviously Phil would stop because he'd done two weeks and he'd go off and work on his own stuff. And then at the start right. of the next month, he'd come back. And so just a few days ago, I said to him, you know, it's good. we're making some progress, but it's frustrating that we keep stopping and starting. How about coming yeah. on full time for a few months, at least to the end of 2021, so that we can, you know, try and get a few things out there. Um, and he's, he was super keen to do it. So, um, oh, great. so yeah, I think, well, from the start of next week, I think I'd have to check. Well, I will check. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to come come on full time. Um, and I'm really happy to be flexible with him. So I said, you know, we can do six hours a day. So you've got a couple of hours each day to work on Postmaker. Or if you want to do four days a week rather than five, um, you know, if you've got a day a week to work on Postmaker, however you want to do it, I'm really flexible in terms of uh, in terms of the way we work. So we'll work something Excellent. out. Should be good. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds a really good deal because um, having somebody you know and trust to do that work is, is just invaluable, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's good because I've saw, although the stuff that Phil hasn't been was working on, we haven't released yet. It was nice just knowing that progress was being made while I was working on yeah. other things, such as listening to these customer interviews and writing up the notes. Um, so I can see how things can move a lot quicker with someone else joining yeah. and helping out. Excellent. So, so sounds brilliant. Good, yeah, and because Phil was coming on board, so we had a discussion about salary and numbers and so on, and. Phil came back when we first started talking. Phil came back with a number that was a lot higher than what SEO testing could afford, and so it was interesting timing because SEO testing was a year old. I was um and ahhing about whether to be public with the numbers again because I had started, I think, at the beginning. Then I just got lapsed about publishing the numbers about where we were with revenue, and so I was going to be open with Phil with the numbers, um, which is what, what what I was always going to do anyway. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be open with Phil, I might as well just be open. And it's a year since we started turning on charging, so. I'm just going to publish numbers on Twitter again. So the conversation I had with Phil was that these are the numbers. This is how much revenue is coming on. This is how much we can afford to pay. This is why. Um, yeah. And as we see the numbers grow up, you know, we can sit down and have conversations about increasing what, what you're being paid and so on. Um, but then from publishing the numbers on Twitter and so on, it's been good as well um, in terms of it's a marketing thing. But then, as I've said to you before, you know, people are bought into this. They buy into the story, don't they? The early customers. Yeah, yeah. And so they like to see how the product is progressing. Um, I think lots of people shared the numbers when I tweeted them out and said, well done, all those kind of things, which is great. Um, so it gets the product name out there more. Um, mm. And, and yeah, it just market. motivates me to keep going as well and keep keep pushing, I think. Yeah, and your market is going to be on Twitter, aren't they? So that's a, you know good visibility there for that to get out there as well. Yeah, that's where I did. Well, there's a big SEO community, that's for sure. There's obviously lots of SEOs that aren't necessarily on Twitter, um, but there is yeah, a big yeah. SEO community on Twitter. And so getting any tweets about SEO testing retweeted and liked and shared around the twitterverse is a good thing so yeah cool that's really good and the other question i've got for you is around the content writer mm. so last time you were you were trying to do some better briefs and things and seeing how how that would work out and has that worked out for you yeah it's working it's working better with the better brief um there's still um some timing issues from both sides to be honest in terms of getting the content written and getting published um but we're working through that and i think yeah it's I want. It's not. It's not like a right. You need to write two articles for me a week or one a week, and if that doesn't get done, you know, we're not going to work together. It's more of a get a good idea for an article, write the outline, pass it over. You know, if it comes back in two weeks or three weeks or whatever, um, I'd rather it be a decent article rather than just yeah, publishing stuff for the sake of it. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. on that kind of basis, I think it's it's working well. Great. Oh, that's brilliant. Really good news. Yeah, yeah. So, how about you? What have you been up to, work-wise? Um, well, <laughs> same old, same old. Really, I think same old, same old with a bit of a difference. I've, I've, um, so 
like I said, being on holiday was great to chill out and kind of catch up with yourself, you know, and I sort of had a few realizations. It's, it's kind of an annual thing with me. I always realize at some point that I'm trying to do too much and I'm always too busy and all that sort of crap. So I kind of come away from it with some ideas to cut down on what I'm trying to do. Um, oh, actually, one of the things I should say before I start on this is before I went on holiday, I was, I said I was feeling a bit tired and stuff. Um, didn't realize how sort of burnt out I actually was until I relaxed. But I decided to turn off the paid ads that I'd had running for, I had some Google AdWords stuff and some uh, Facebook ads running. I decided to turn them off because I thought, well, I don't really want to be dealing with just prospect questions and all that sort of stuff while I'm on holiday because, you know, those emails can take a while to respond to and all that. So I decided to turn it off. I turned it off and it didn't change anything. <laughs> so I've so I've left it off basically. So that's since the beginning of August. I've not had it running and it's not changed anything. Still getting similar number of trials in, similar number of demos, similar number of customers. It's growing month on month. So that created a bit of a quandary. And like, I mean, it, the most likely thing is i'm not doing the ads very well you know that's probably what it what was the cause of that although the ads were showing conversions um you know which when you when i checked in them checked in on the ads which wasn't that frequently but i did do it occasionally i could see the conversions were happening so i kind of thought well you know it's worth keeping it going but i think now they were just people that would have come through anyway you know so a lot of a lot of the um when I, when i do demos with people and calls with people i i ask them when i remember where where they heard about us and most of it is like a referral. My daughter goes to a school that uses your system, and so I saw it there. Or there are a few Facebook groups with comments about Kids Club HQ in there that are, that are positive, and so people say, oh, I saw you on this Facebook Facebook group. And then other people just say, oh, I just Googled, and you came up with one of the results. So those are the main sorts of areas that we get traffic from. So you can imagine that, you know, if somebody sees me on a sees Kids Club HQ on, on a Facebook group with someone saying it's good, and then they see an ad on, on Facebook, for Kids Club HQ, and they click that, then you know what was the thing that caused them to come to Kids Club HQ? It was obviously the the, the comment you would have thought in the Facebook group. So anyway, I, I've ditched the ads for now. I'm sure I'll come back to them when I've got a bit of a better strategy about how to do it properly, rather than just chuck stuff out there, which was kind of what I did before. But one of the things I decided to do was rather than flip flop between ideas about marketing and things to do there, I'd just I've paid for this Dan Martel growth accelerator thing, so I'm just going to follow that. There's, it's pretty much a playbook you know you kind of have to put i guess you have to put it together in what order you're going to do things in some ways but i'm just going to follow that and um and when i've got time to work on marketing that's what i'm going to do the bits from that uh, and see how that goes for now so that's that's the plan so you had a lead magnet ready didn't you last time yeah i've got i've got a lead magnet had the lead magnet ready i've now been starting to work on the copy so i've got it's not finished obviously but i've got <laughs> i've got bits of copy that are almost ready to go for that and then i need to start to work out how I'm going to then promote that copy basically, which I think is going to be through um, through Facebook primarily to start off with and see where we go from there. And that's really, really where that is, you know, with the marketing side of things. It's still struggling to find the time to fit it in. But what I'm trying to do with that is I'm trying to get people in to help out. So one of the things I have to do is, is billing stuff. Now, a lot of my customers want to be uh, bill, invoiced and pay by backs or some of them even pay by check. So I've got like a daily task of having to reconcile those payments as they come in with invoices so that they're marked as paid, so they don't get reminders and all that crap. Um, and it doesn't take long, but it's obviously something I have to do every day. So I've just hired somebody actually to start, not going to start on Monday that's going to take that off my hands and do that mm -hmm. for me. So that's a really good step forward. Um, and then the other real thing is um, 
developers you know i've so i've had a bunch of different developers recently uh, none have really worked out very well i had this agency i think last time we spoke that were really really good and they were doing some good work but again they just couldn't commit to the time that i'd want similar to what you were saying you, you want somebody working on on your your project consistently so that you're making progress and you've got that communication there from day to day so you can pick up on things so again i paused that project before i went on holiday and said we'd get back to it in September. But I've just said, look, I, I'm not sure I want to carry on with it for the moment. Um, I need somebody to work full-time or, mm. or near full-time. So that's kind of on hold. And I'm planning, I've not done anything about it yet, but I'm planning to try and find another developer. I, ideally, I want some situation like like what you've got with somebody that you know um, and you can trust and, and works, works full-time pretty much. But uh, yeah, I haven't got anyone that I know that's like that at the moment. Yes, uh, put the feelers out there, whether it's on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, just uh, tell people you're looking. Yeah, yeah, I could do that, yeah. It's the budget as well, isn't it? I mean, kind of like you said, that I think the expectation for freelancers, especially in the UK, the, the prices, they, the, the, you know, the fees they can charge is really high. Hmm. Um, so it would probably have to be some, some developer from overseas, really, just because of that. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, but I'm, I'm working on it. And I've, got a com- I've had a conversation with somebody um, somebody I know who's hired developers recently and he's had good experience with them. So we're going to have a talk about what he's done and if there's anybody there that's got the same skills that I need because his, his projects is different skills. So that's that's the, the, the only downer there, but you might be able to put me in touch with somebody that's got the right skills. So that, that would be a, a good opportunity. So it's ongoing, that one, finding a developer. I think I'd, like, I'd really like to do it to free up a lot of my time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ongoing. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I know because I know Steve at the co-working space. He's had quite good success. They've just got a hiring page, and so people can always apply for a job or whatever. And he's yeah, had some real yeah. good young, I don't say kids, but you know, eighteen, yeah. nineteen, twenty, self-taught programmers, and they're just really good, really switched on, yeah. really clever. Don't want to go to university, um, right. and have reasonable expectations of salary as well. You know, yeah. not charging yeah. ridiculous contractor rates and so on. Um, I'd so really like to he, do that. He's not done anything in terms of finding those. Those guys have just, you know, Googled around for design agencies in Cardiff or something like that. Um, so I don't know whether it's mm, worth right. just getting a hiring page up and the type of skills you're looking for, and you know, yeah, that could be could be worthwhile. I could look in. I could have could do that. I mean, it's not a hardship, is it? Just to put up a page. I think one that idea of of hiring younger people, either fresh out of college, fresh out of university, whatever. That's probably a good idea. I quite like that idea. But the only concern would be around the training. You know how much training would you need to give them? But I guess you could sort of say, look, here's a training budget, go out and do some courses. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. I think, well, if they haven't gone to university anyway and they're a self-starter and they they could have already been programming for nine or 10 years, and uh, you could probably be quite surprised with the skill level they have. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could even like talking about Facebook ads and so on. You know, you can do some Facebook ads that target people just in Reading between the ages of 18 and 24. Now that's a good idea. Looking for this kind of job or skills and so on. Um, that's a really good idea. Actually. Steve's lucky because he has, obviously, he's a design agency and people that have been applying or whatever, they know to search for design agencies, but then people aren't going yeah. to Google and come across you and it's not unlikely. They're not, no. They're not going to say, I'm yeah. going to work for uh, an after school software management <laughs> Exactly, <business."> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> to no, find you. So, so you yeah, need to reach so, out yeah. to them and, uh, yeah, Facebook has might be a way to go because of the targeting you can do. Yeah. The other thing is I'd want them to be contract rather than payroll, I think at least to start off with. Um, but that's you can work that through, can't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be worth being someone in HR anyway because 
yeah. I understand it and always been, you know, the first couple of years anyway, you know, the employers have got limited. You have to give limit well, decent notice anyway, but it's not you don't have to go through the whole process of performance reviews and all that kind of stuff like you do when people have been in a yeah. business for a longer period of time. But you can have probation periods and things things exactly, like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is good. Yeah. So that might be worth it. That's a good point. Thanks for that. I'll uh, I'll definitely investigate that. That's all right. You've got to get this lead magnet published. You've been sat on it for ages. I know. <laughs> I know. I've been sitting on it for a while, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was the summer, went on holiday. So I guess I've had September to do it and I just haven't because I've been, what I've been doing a lot of, I mean, I've made some improvements to the onboarding um, and that was something that we talked about last time as well. There was a big feature because schools were all back in September um, and it kind of all this idea of bubbles and stuff, it was up to the schools whether they collapsed the bubbles or not and a lot of them did and so a lot of the clubs collapsed the bubbles as well so i had to build something i didn't have to but i, I as a goodwill sort of gesture for the customers i built in a feature that helped them with collapsing these bubbles because you know kids were, were registered with one club but then all of a sudden they had to come into so they had like three or four clubs which were the different bubbles and then they all had to be merged into one club so it wasn't easy to do that so that was something that i built so it's just things like that that i've been doing really that have taken up the time and it's you know, I'm a developer at heart, so I tend to jump into the development first, <laughs> which I need to get out of. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I can come into that realization too as well. Even just walking home, I was listening to our last podcast when I was, when I was talking about Phil potentially coming on board. And I said it actually in the last podcast, you know, I can take it two ways. I can hire a developer and I focus more on sales and marketing, or I can hire a sales and marketing person and I focus on developing and I can see how having Phil on board is allowing me to focus more on the sale, just well, more the marketing side of things because it's more um, product-led type stuff, um, which is good. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how I feel because still, like, I think I've sat down and spent two to three days, maybe a week, working on a particular report, and that's probably the most enjoyable week of work that I have had for for a little while. Yeah. And so I, I guess I will miss that. And it's just about finding that flow and that enjoyment from the marketing and sales stuff and whether I can find that or not, I don't know. Um, I think but I guess as well, isn't it? it's not, I was thinking about this as well earlier on. I keep thinking that when, we, when I was talking previously about whether to build a big team or whether or not, it's not a black and white decision. It's not a one or a zero. With that sales and marketing, I can do it for three months just until the revenue builds up and can hire someone to do that. Um, and like whether the decision to build a team or not, it's not, you have to, you start to build a team and that's the decision you've taken and the route you have to go forever and ever, um, you can change your mind. I think I've perhaps fallen into the the, the thinking and perhaps this is down to Brexit and politics and so on, that we're in the state <laughs> we are in the country, that with the Brexit vote is either yes or no. It's like a, there's no middle yeah. ground. Yeah. And that's the way politics and the whole of the UK seems to be at the moment. And Twitter and the arguments you see on Twitter, it's just yes or no, black or white, one, yeah. one or zero, everyone forgets that there is a middle ground. You don't have to go full one way or full yeah. the other way. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I just need to remind myself that the decisions or, or choices that we're making, they're not, not set in stone forever. You can reverse your decisions or you can lean slightly to one way or the other. You don't have to be fully this way or that way. Yeah, you, no, you're right. You're right. And I think on the bit about whether to hire somebody to do sales and marketing, I, I feel as if I would want to understand what that looks like from my perspective in terms of my customers and market and marketing and everything before hiring somebody and saying this is what i'd like you to do because they might have their own ideas unless they're unless they're experienced in the market that you're selling to um they might have their own ideas and go off on a complete tangent you know and not really understand what's what the market is and all that sort of stuff so i think personally i'd like to know 
at least have an idea or some sort of plan about how how to market it and see it working to some extent and then hire somebody that's an expert in the field to then say look this is working drill down on that and uh, and let's make the most of it but i guess you've got the playbook you've got the dan martel playbook haven't you so it's just executing that and whether yep. it's going to be you that executes it or someone else <laughs> and also i was just thinking as well it's interesting because i keep saying hiring someone to do sales and marketing but it's very very likely you'd hire someone just to do marketing it's only because you're the founder or co-founder of the business or whatever that you end up taking on this sales and marketing role it's very unlikely yeah. if you were to hire someone that you get someone to do both and as we were talking That's earlier we, when we were talking earlier about hiring someone it well this is just an idea is maybe because i don't have some i don't have the full-time need for marketing but whether we could find someone that we split their time so you have that person for two and a half days a week and i would use them for two and a half days a week that would um, be an interesting proposition yeah that would really be interesting if we could find somebody that would do that that'd but be i'm not sharing phil you're not having any developer time so <laughs> <laughs> unlucky <laughs> bugger i was just about to angle that one in <laughs> uh, never mind yeah that's a good idea actually we should look into that so, so off topic a bit now but of course you've done the ride across britain since we last spoke I have, yeah. So that was why August was a bit quiet for me in terms of work as well. So I had to cram in a lot of last-minute cycling training. Um, so I'd been ticking along throughout the year, but in the back of my mind, I was always, I was, I think I was still about seventy-five percent certain that the event was going to get cancelled because of COVID and so on. Because it was the first week in September, schools were just going back. I was, I was keeping an eye on the daily numbers of cases and so on, and I was pretty sure it was going to get cancelled, but. It got to August uh, and I was like, oh, I need to start preparing just in case it does go ahead. So I crammed in a few mm. long rides back to back of 100 plus miles and lots of hills. Um, and so, yeah, it did go ahead in the end. Um, funny enough, there wasn't a COVID outbreak within the cycling camp. Um, there wow. was a big outbreak of diarrhea and vomiting, which is really strange oh, because dear. thankfully it didn't affect me. Um, it's strange because everybody was gelling their hands and everything because of COVID. So it's yeah. it's strange that that did that did happen um and the event was nearly cancelled i think they were worried about having to cancel the event kind of halfway through because lots of the staff were getting in with it as well um oh, obviously no. need a certain number of staff to be able to put it on safely but thankfully it didn't we all one way or the other managed to get up to, to john O'Croats. um and yeah i really loved it it was great to be away again for for nine days away from emails and most things like that uh, and the, yeah. the news um the weather was fantastic for the first five days so i had lovely sunshine and a bit of a tailwind a few days of rain in scotland um yeah really enjoyed it again recommend That's it to everyone. yeah i followed i followed along saw the pictures you were posting and things it looked amazing yeah i did it a lot quicker this time as well because i think just because i had another year of cycling kind of uh in me um I, did, I trained about the same amount as it turned out because i was ticking along and doing the racing on swift um i, I checked the miles uh 2019 against 21 and I'd done about the same amount of training. It was kind of heavily loaded towards August <laughs> rather than um, slowly kind of building up. But I guess I just got myself into the right into form at the right time. Um, rather yeah. than tapering down, I just did the long rides and then bashed out with bashed out the the, the event itself. Um, so I can't remember. I was like six hours quicker overall. I can't remember. I think it was, was it sixteen percent quicker. Um, it's got a decent number anyway. So yeah, that sounds um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy with how it went and That's i great. bought a new bike for two weeks beforehand really <laughs> which is really bad advice obviously you should have a bike that you're used to and your body's used to um and so i had a problem with mine i um the calendar i bought for doing it in 2019 i was just washing it one day which isn't a very regular occurrence for me either so this is just a coincidence this happened and i noticed on the crank arm there was a massive crack 
Um, and they've been as funny noise anyway. And having done some research, the bike and this crank arm is quite susceptible to just snapping off. So it would have snapped at some particular point and just fallen oh off. Oh, my God. Um, and so I took it to the bike shop, said I've got two weeks or three weeks it was before the ride. You know, there's a big shortage of lots of stuff at the moment worldwide and especially in the UK because of various issues. And so I wasn't sure if I was going to get another crank arm. And so Lee, the bike shop owner, <clears throat> terrific salesperson, as it turns out, he said, why don't you try my bike? You can borrow my bike while yours is in here and you can't use it. So he lent me his nice uh, gravel bike. Um, so I took that out for a couple of rides. And the gravel bikes are interesting because they've only got one chain ring at the front. Um, they've got slightly wider tires, although they're slick. And I just loved it. It just rolled over really? the bumpy road so much nicer. Um, the gearing was perfect. And he just so happened to have one on the shelf. So after he <laughs> lent me his. <laughs> uh, he was like, well, you know, I've got one up here if uh, you're interested. So I ended up buying the new bike. Got it set up in the same way as the previous bike. Um, but I didn't. I, I did some rides on it. I think the longest ride I did was about 50, 60 miles. So I hadn't done a 110, 120-mile ride on it. So it was a bit of a gamble taking it. But yeah. I took it. I'm really glad I did. And oh, good, really good. That worked out then. That's cool. So that was good. Yeah, and also done a week of golfing um, in between then. So finished the ride across Britain. Had some friends come down. Uh, didn't hit anyone on the head with a golf ball this time, which is a plus. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, it's always a bonus. We've had the petrol crisis and the empty shelves. I was going to ask you what your experience has been of that because uh, it's it's not been too bad um, because yeah, it's just not been too bad. I mean, we've just been carrying normal. In terms of shopping, it's just been normal. We haven't really noticed any difference. We just sort of order in regularly. Uh, every couple of two or three weeks, we get a big shop delivered, and that's been fine. Not really noticed anything. Petrol was a different story because, of course, as soon as somebody says, don't panic buy petrol, everybody panic buys petrol. And so um, Silvana needs a car for work. She has to go out and visit her clients or old people. So we had to try and keep petrol in the tank, which has been a bit interesting. Um, but we've managed to do it. It's not been too bad. Just keep an eye out. It's one of the benefits of walking the dog, actually, is that I can walk past a couple of petrol stations and see if they've got any fuel in. <laughs> and then I can text Silvana and say, yeah, this one's got some. So that's been useful. But um, yeah, not not been too bad. Just the petrol's been a problem, but other than that, it's been all right. So you haven't had any instances of having to queue up for three or four hours to get petrol in? No, no. It's oh, literally sorry. been a couple of minutes. It's not been too bad. How about you? Is it bad down there? Uh, there's been times when the petrol stations have run out, um, particularly on Fridays, because that's when changeover day, when all the holidaymakers have to go home. Uh, so there's course, been some yeah. long queues at the petrol stations end. But Bude's a small place, so we can walk anywhere that we want to go. Um, and over the couple of weeks, it was an issue. We didn't plan any long journeys. Um, but the empty shelves is ish- interesting as well, because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so I always suspected we would like the Morrisons in Bude would be one of the last places. If there was going to be an issue with supply, it would be Morrisons in Bude. But it's been difficult to judge, again, because of so many holiday makers coming down um, on a Friday, even before, well, even two years ago, three years ago, whenever, the shelves would be empty because everyone comes down on a Friday. They immediately go to Morrisons and try and stock up their holiday home with food and stuff to keep them for a week. So yeah. it's been a bit hard to judge as to whether there's been any Brexit empty shelf issues, but... We'll probably see that over the next couple of weeks if there is going to be. Yeah. As yeah. holiday makers stop coming down. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty depressing situation, isn't it? But uh, like I say, so far, luckily, I haven't been too far, too, too affected by it. Um, it. Looks like Christmas will have to be organised early. But other than that... <laughs> oh, it depends who you believe, doesn't it? The government say no, it's all fine. But all the toy shops are saying no, by now. Yeah. I know who I trust. <laughs> I know, I know, I agree. Yeah. 
So the only know. other thing actually I've been up to, I went to MicroConf last week. Oh yeah, of course. That was a big thing. We could well, could have done a whole yeah, podcast yeah. about that. Yeah, well, it was it was really good. I mean, it was it was obviously um it was cancelled last year because of COVID. They did it this year. It was in the same place in Croatia in Dubrovnik, um, which is an amazing, amazing hotel and a fantastic place. And uh it was slightly lower numbers. I think they just had eighty people this time. And that was quite nice actually having a smaller number. You could you could make sure you met pretty much all the people that were there, which was really good. And uh, I'd like to say I got I've got some massive lists of takeaways from it, but it was just to be honest, it's just really nice to go and be talking to other founders and having a nice time and you know and being in that environment again. It was amazing. It was really really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, the talks talks were pretty good as usual. I picked up a few bits and bobs from from most talks. But again, it's just the talking to people between the hallway track, as they call it, which is the main thing. You know, there's an enormous amount of value in it for motivation is one thing, you know, just talking to other people and getting that motivation again. Loads of ideas about things that people have tried and and what, you know, and the validation really about whether what you're doing, you know, other people think is is okay from people that are actually doing similar stuff themselves, you know. So it was was really, really good. I mean, the the main things I picked up, standards microconf thing is raise prices. Right. So, so Rob Walling did a talk about pricing and about how to raise prices and all that sort of stuff, which was really useful. I've got a lot of notes, and a, and a few people were also talking about um, raising prices every year. So, if you raise your prices every year on a schedule, then your customers know to expect prices to be raised every year. So, it's uh, it's a no brainer, really, if you can do that. So, I think that's one thing that it's a bit early for me to do it this year, but I'll probably look to do it early next year. Um, once sort of COVID hopefully is, is gone mm-hmm. or not gone, but you know, it's, uh, it's settled down a lot more. Um, yeah. So that's, that was one of the, one of the good things. Uh, Interestingly, I raised it. prices in, uh, start of August. Did you? Yeah. How did that go? And that's done, gone really well. So, uh, there's three things. Lots of people locked in their pricing in July. So July was a good month because I gave people notice. I said in a couple of weeks, pricing is going to go up. Um, churn has, has dropped, I think. Because people who've locked in that low price in don't want to cancel now because they would yeah. then have to pay the higher price. So right. there are a few customers, because it's testing, they would register, subscribe, run their tests. Once they'd done their tests, they would cancel. Then they'd come back in like two or three months' time. But now because they're, that lower price has gone away, they kind of I think they feel it's worth keeping that subscription going rather than canceling yeah. and picking it up again. Um, and yeah, I've not had any issues with new customers saying that the price is too high. Just the customer numbers have continued at the same rate. So, um, yeah, it's win-win, really. That's really good, yeah. So and you say you've locked in customers on the old pricing. Is that forever or is it just for a fixed period? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've said it's forever. Um, I kind of feel like people – well, definitely when on the early days, you know, people take a risk and a gamble, don't they, by, you know, subscribing yeah. to a new product. So I kind of want to repay yeah. that faith. And that's one one way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I was going to mention is a new podcast yeah. to listen to, the High Performance Podcast. Oh, okay. It is with, I am going to bring up the blooming names because I forgot it now. Jake, who is it? You'll know Jake from um, from TV. TV? Mm. Ah, Jake Humphreys and uh, Professor Damien Hughes. Um, uh, and it's, well, it's called the High Performance Podcast, so it's all about um, lots of sports people, but lots of business people as well. Um all about what high performance is, you know, what they've done, how they've done it. Um, and But it's interesting because the sports people, a lot of them are people who've retired. So it's them kind of looking back retrospectively about what they did, you know, what helped them get to where they got, what they would do differently now as well. Um, 
So a lot of the sports people have all, all said they were really driven when they were younger and so on, but they wish they actually enjoyed it more right. um, for the sake of doing it. But yeah, I wouldn't do it justice in terms of saying why you should listen to it, but I just, I recommend everyone listens to it because it's really, really good. Excellent. I'll have, I'll uh, cue that up and have a listen. Yeah. Good cool. All right. Well, it's great to catch up with you again. Yeah, you too. We'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, m- m- maybe next quarter. <laughs> this is uh, this will be episode ninety, actually. So we should uh, we should at least make a push to get to a hundred, and then uh... yeah, yeah, it would be criminal if we didn't get to a hundred. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. <laughs> All right, nice to speak to you, Martin. Right, Andrew, speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye.